What's going on, everybody? It's Nairby from CerealAndGrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby at Crazy C-R-A-C Radio as well as uh, CFTR 680 back in the old days of Love Em or Leave Em. I wonder how many people listen to this remember that. You have to be in Toronto to remember that. 680 CFTR. Anyway, it's time for another episode of Degrassi, buddy. This is episode 11. Ah, we're getting close to the end of Degrassi Junior High Season 3. We're getting close to the end of the whole Degrassi Junior High series before we move on to Degrassi High. Yeah, I'm a radio DJ. Ha! But yeah, as I said, we're doing that thing. Anyway, today we're going to be recapping as I finished watching them today. And uh, one of these episodes, holy moly, (laughs) my brain was all over the place. Today we're going to be recapping Degrassi Junior High Season 3, Episodes 7, 8, and 9. Starting with with the episode 7, entitled The Whole Truth, air date December the 12th, 1988. We start off as Liz and Spike are hanging posters about animal cruelty on the school walls. Spike says that she'd like to help more after school, but she has to take care of little Emma. Kayla then shows up and she sees the poster that they're hanging, and the poster has a picture of a monkey, and it's being tested on, and Kaylin is offended by it. Liz tells Kaylin that they put a window inside the monkey's head to watch its brain activities. And when they're done with the experiment, they kill the monkey. Liz then invites Kaylin to a protest after school, and that's when we get the intro. And before I continue, I just want to say I've been meaning to say this throughout. I have the Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High DVD box sets, as well as nine box sets of Degrassi Next Generation, but I don't know if I'll be covering those yet. But I have the box sets... And the episodes on these box sets, on these DVDs, contain some scenes that are actually not included in the TV versions that aired. Thus, they are not included on the... Some some, some of the scenes are not included on the links that I post when I post episodes of Degrassi Buddy on SerialGrapeJuice.com. Some, some scenes will have been cut in order for time, for TV time, so... If you end up listening to this recap, or if you, you're, you remember, hey man, I don't remember that scene ever happening. Well, that's probably because you're thinking of the TV version, whereas I have the full extended versions of every episode. Be jealous, and let's continue. We're in the school newspaper room of the Degrassi Digest. Kaylin is supervising, and she wishes that they had more issues to cover. Trish, who may, many people may not know, but Trish is a, she's a, she's like a side character... We'll see more of her in Degrassi High here and there. Uh, people want to remind her who she is. She's uh, she was uh, like a punk rocker and uh, a friend of uh, of Claude, who we're gonna eventually meet. That guy, yeah, her. Anyway, this is before Trish became all punk rock. Uh, Trish tells Caitlin that they have issues, issues like getting fries and gravy in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty important for kids in the junior high, man. But Caitlin wants real issues. After class, Melanie complains that her mom won't let her wear makeup, and Caitlin suggests that Melanie buy some and just wear it at school, you know, like uh, Steph, uh, Stephanie K did. Kathleen appears and gives Caitlin her finished article for the Degrassi Digest, and it's about why Degrassi should have a dress code. And Caitlin doesn't like it, but they have to publish it, Publish shit. <laughs> they have to publish it, or the digest will be short on content. Meanwhile, still hot Ms. Avery yeah, gives a fish bowl filled with water to Scooter and Bartholomew Bond. Scooter wants to grow sea creatures using a package of dehydrated ingredients he got from an ad in a comic book. <laughs> I remember these ads, man. I always wondered if they worked. Uh, you believe anything when you're a kid. They pour the ingredients into the water and Bond remarks that it looks just that it just looks like a bunch of dust. But Scooter is confident that they'll grow into sea creatures, like in the picture like in the picture in the ad. And they can give them crowns <laughs> like on the picture. <laughs> At lunch, Alexa asks BLT, what's wrong with holding hands? And PL- BLT says it's just too sweaty. BLT then wants to play basketball with Snake after school. And Alexa has a problem with it. Joey shows up and he tells Snake, BLT, and Alexa that he got a job at CRAZ Radio and the Zit Remedy are going places. 
Alexa gets excited and says that CRAZ has Dr. Sally's sex ed show, and it's so kinky. <laughs> Snake asks if they're going to be playing the Zit Remedy demo, and Joey says not yet. They ask Joey what his job is, and he tells them that he's the sanitary engineer. <laughs> and Alexa remarks, you're a janitor? <laughs> and they all laugh at him. But Joey is fine with it, as he is on the ground floor of the music business. Well, it's true, you got to start somewhere. You hear every now and then that uh, a lot of people in restaurants, they start off as waiters and dishwashers and eventually graduate up to working on the line. So, hey man, don't rip on the Joe man. Anyway, back in school, Caitlin wants to talk Caitlin wants to talk to Liz, which is interesting because just a couple of episodes, Caitlin got burned by Joey in favor of Liz and now Caitlin's all cool, but she's not can't Caitlin's she's She's level-headed. She's understanding. You can't blame Liz for Joey being a being a Joey. Anyway, Caitlin Caitlin suggests that Liz write an article for the Degrassi Digest about animal rights, and Liz says no because she's not into school newspapers and she doesn't like writing. Caitlin suggests that the publicity will be good to get people to go to the protest, and Liz tells Caitlin that she'll give her all of the information she wants, and Caitlin can write the article, and Caitlin agrees. Back in class, Alex, sorry, Mel- Melanie says that she's going to get some makeup no matter what her mom thinks. And she asks Trish what kind of makeup is the best. And Trish replies that Laura V is the best and her dad works there. Caitlin arrives and tells them about Liz and her doing an article for the Digest. And Trish says that there's no, room, there's no more room for any odd more articles. Caitlin then suggests that they just, they just drop Kathleen's article because it's pretty dumb. After school, Joey's off to work at CRAZ Radio as Snake and BLT make fun of him for being a janitor. But Joey just laughs and brushes it off and leaves. Snake then remarks to BLT that he wouldn't mind getting a job. And BLT agrees because his allowance is too small. So exactly, man. Bloody hell. I remember at this age, when I was this age watching this show, a friend of mine ended up getting a job at McDonald's. And I didn't ever make fun of him because this dude was making money. And I wasn't. He was my age. But, yeah, I could have gotten a job at McDonald's, but I was a dumbass. Anyway, in the girls' bathroom, Tessa and another girl, I don't know who the other girl was, are putting on makeup and admiring their handiwork. They leave. Caitlin and Trish arrive and discuss how the digest has changed a lot since the previous year. Caitlin then takes a pill for her epilepsy. And it's very cool how all of these little clues, how they're dropping hints... For the eventual third act in this episode, great episode. I love the. I, I just love the, De, the Degrassi universe, at least from all of junior high, all of Degrassi high, and maybe like the first five seasons of Next Generation. Yeah, just saying. Uh, after school, Liz and Spike are waiting for Caitlin, and Spike is glad that Liz is getting involved with school issues. Liz remarks that she doesn't get involved with preps, and Spike tells Liz that Caitlin isn't a prep. And this reminded me of back in high school in my day, in my day, or even junior high, but especially in, in high school. It was preps, nerds, rockers, and genos. Now, for those who don't know what genos are, genos were like basically the greasers. That's what we called them. Well, that's what we secretly called them. We didn't call them genos to their face. But yeah, it was preps. I tried to be a prep, but no, I was I was a I was like a nerd. I had I was with the the, the nerd dudes who liked video games and shit. We would have liked to gotten dates with girls, but we didn't know how to approach girls. So we were just happy being the nerds. And then in high school, there were the rockers and the genos. But yeah, anyway, Caitlin arrives and she and Liz head to Liz's house to work on their article. Meanwhile, back in school, Bond and Scooter check on the fishbowl again. And they don't see any sea creatures yet. <laughs> Bond says that it's very discouraging and that the package promised results within hours. Scooter thinks that maybe they need to wait until the next day. When still hot, Ms. Avery appears and asks them when the fish go in the bowl. And Scooter tells uh, Avery that you know, they're going to go in there soon. Just just enhance your calm. Meanwhile, at crazy radio, Joey is cleaning or pretending to clean. When the secretary shows up and tells Joey that the program manager found, his, found Joey's demo on his desk in the morning. Joey asks the secretary if the manager listened to it. And the secretary says no. And that Joey's job is to clean. And he forgot to empty the waste baskets again. That's when Dr. Sally, a.k.a. Sue Johansson, who is or was, uh, 
She was pretty old at this time, so whether she's still living, I don't know. But Sue Johansson actually is slash was a sex education doctor. She actually came. I actually saw her twice in school. Once in one high school and another in another high school. I saw her live and she was answering questions. So she was a real person, this uh, this Dr. Sally Sue Johansson. Uh, she wants to change the theme music for her for her radio show. Something more upbeat, she says. Joey gets a little starstruck as Dr. Sally says hi to him and leaves. We cut to Liz's house, where Liz is petting her pet rabbit and telling Caitlin how they use rabbits to test cosmetics. Caitlin says that they have to test stuff to make sure it's safe on... To, like, that they have to test stuff on animals to make sure it's safe first, right? Liz says yes, but there's different ways to do it. They can use computer models and human tissue samples, especially today with today's technology. I don't know how much, if any, animal testing they do on products these days. At least in uh, Canada and America. I'm sure in uh, countries elsewhere they probably do it, but as far as uh, Canada and America or anywhere in the world, with technology the way it is now, I don't even know if it goes on anymore. It probably does. I don't know. I don't look into it because I just don't. Yeah, Liz says that they probably use animals because it's cheaper. And money's more important to them than life. Caitlin remarks that Liz wears makeup. And Liz says that her brand hasn't been tested on animals. Liz then tells Caitlin to imagine if Caitlin's cat was in pain all the time. And that scientists give animals diseases on purpose just to see what happens. Caitlin uh, remarks that that's sick. And then Liz shows Caitlin a very uncomfortable video of scientists intentionally making a monkey sick for experiments just pushing the envelope of this show man i love this show the degrassi universe just love it caitlin says that they should do a whole series in the degrassi digest instead of just one article and liz likes that idea the video ends saying that for the animals in these experiments death death is the only relief from constant agony and i just want to say any scientist or anyone period ever comes and tries to take my kitty, my Sally, and do experiments on her, I will whoop your ass. Alright? The end. The next day at school, Alexa wants BLT to try a different style of clothes. But BLT likes his current style. <laughs> oh, Simon was such a pushover, man. That's why he and that's why Simon was just perfect for the Alexa character. Bloody hell. Joey arrives and tells BLT and Alexa that Dr. Sally is gonna use the Zit Remedy music for her show. Wheels then suddenly arrives for school for the first time in a while, saying that his grandmother called his social worker and he was forced to return, and if he doesn't go to school regularly, he'll be put in a group home. Joey tells Wheels that the Zit Remedy is going to be on crazy radio, but Wheels just doesn't believe him as he uh, just wheels on, wheels on his way into school all down. Yeah, just wheels. We go to the library... Where Bond and Scooter, they still see no results from their sea creature toy. <laughs> when still super hot Ms. Avery shows up and asks them what's going on. And they tell her about the sea creatures. And Bond remarks that they must have gotten a dead package. Because in the advertisement, the sea creatures are smiling and waving. <laughs> and Tasty Avery tells them not to believe everything they read. And to read the small print. Bond then asks Tasty Avery, whatever happened to truth in advertising? Well, hey man, that's what you get, Avery. That's what, Avery, that's what you get, Bond. I remember, I remember back in the day, at this time, in the, in the comic books and the magazines, the rest of the kids' magazines, Mad and shit. All the stuff they would advertise. And there was also, they would always advertise supposed x-ray glasses. <laughs> now, for those in my generation may remember what these glasses supposedly looked like. They had like the dark, the black plastic frames, and then the lenses, if you will, were like the red and white swirls with the little open hole in the middle of each lens. That's Those were supposedly x-ray glasses. I never ended up buying any or ordering any, but I was curious about them. But <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Us boys would have had a field day with those things, seriously. Hell, even the girls would have, I'm sure. Speaking of which, in the girls' bathroom, Melanie is checking out her makeup job as Caitlin tells her about the protest after school and then takes her epilepsy medication. Melanie wasn't listening at all and asks Caitlin what she thinks of her makeup job. 
Kaylin asks Melanie what kind of mascara that she's wearing, and Melanie says that she's wearing Laura V, and she borrowed it from Trish. Kaylin gets upset and tells Melanie that they torture rabbits to make the mascara of Laura V, leaving poor Melanie feeling confused and a little bit guilty. I don't like when people make... I like Melanie. Melanie's one of my favorite characters in the Grassy Universe, man. And I don't like when she's upset, so Caitlyn needs to back off. Damn it. It's not Melanie's fault. Meanwhile, in the Degrassi Digest room, Caitlyn submits her article. And Trish wonders if the article is a good idea, because it is pushing the envelope. Caitlyn tells Trish that next month they're going to be protesting cosmetics companies that do animal testing. Trish then asks Caitlyn, what about Laura V? And Caitlyn says that they're one of the worst as Trish looks on just all awkward and Caitlin continues trashing the Laura V company which Trish's dad works for. We cut to Mr. Radish's class who's finishing up giving a lesson as Joey is secretly making a, a, uh, a, what's the word? They're, he's selling, he's, he's making a deal if you will. I forget the word is. But yeah, some kid was dumb enough to buy a copy of the Zit Remedy, Remedy tape. <laughs> to tape over it, I'm sure. <laughs> Class ends and Trish heads to the Grassy Digest room to talk to Caitlin. Caitlin is excited about the upcoming issue as it will be the best one ever. Trish then tells Caitlin that she, Trish, can't work up for the Digest anymore. Caitlin asks her why and Trish tells her that it's, that it's, if people boycott Laura V like Caitlin wants them to, Trish's dad could lose his job because he works there. Trish tells Caitlin that Laura V doesn't test on animals anymore, according to her dad, but Caitlin doesn't believe it. Trish apologizes and resigns because she just can't go against her dad. Kathleen shows up and asks Caitlin why they dumped her article. Caitlin says that animal cruelty is more important than a school's uh, dress code. Kathleen says that they have to do tests on animals because computer models and human tissue samples only help a little bit with understanding the complexity of the human system. Caitlin asks Kathleen how she knows. How do you know? And Caitlin says that she did a project on it in the seventh grade and got an A+. You go, Kathleen. Kathleen tells Caitlin that 90% of the animals used in research are mice and rats, and a lot of people are kept alive because of animal testing. Kathleen asks, what's more important, a live rat or a live human? She, she suggests that Caitlin check her own facts. Yeah, you go. I mean, Kathleen could be a bit of a freaking snob and a half, but she's smart. Well, here and there. We'll find that out later. <laughs> we go back to CRAZ Radio. The secretary confronts Joey about Dr. Sally finding the demo tape on her desk. She tells Joey that he once again forgot to empty more waste baskets, and she fires his ass. She goes to get Joey's final paycheck when Dr. Sally appears and tells Joey that she listened to his tape and she liked it and to keep working on it. This gets Joey excited. Well done, Joey. Exactly, man. Don't give up just like that. Bloody hell, man. I started taking my cooking seriously in 2014 and I had a bunch of failures in the beginning, but I kept at it. Now I'm a friggin' chef beast. Yeah. Check it out. Instagram. I am Nerby. Hell, check it out at SeroandGrapeJuice.com. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back at school, Caitlin is researching about animal cruelty, and she's got a puzzled look on her face. She tells Tasty Avery, sorry not sorry, that Kathleen was right, and animal rights are more complicated than she thought. Avery tells Caitlin that sometimes the whole truth can be hard to take, to which I have to say, X freaking exactly. Exactly. People need to get their heads out of there. Not everybody, but there's just too many people, especially on the social media universe, who need to get their heads out of their asses and stop being so concerned with being right about everything, even when they're wrong. It's damn impossible to talk to people like that. It's a, oh my, I don't know how these people function every day. It's crazy. And trust me, I, I have, I'm going on 25 years experience working in the media. You people need to wake up. That's all I'm going to say. You need to, you need to wake up big time. Anyway, the next day back at school, Joey tells Snake, BLT, and Alexa that he quit uh, crazy radio. He tells them that Dr. Sally loved the demo, and it made him think that you need to shop around instead of accepting your first offer. BLT remarks that he never knows what to believe from Joey. As Snake continues reading the latest Degrassi Digest with Caitlin's article on the front. 
Back in school, students are selling copies of the Digest for 15 cents each. Kathleen shows up, and she's about to buy a copy when she sees that Caitlin's article is on the front, and then Kathleen just snubs it off and keeps on walking. Elsewhere in the hallway, Caitlin is staring at Liz's animal rights protest poster that she put up earlier when Liz shows up to buy a copy of the Digest. Liz congratulates Caitlin on the article, and Caitlin tells Liz that she can't go to the protest after finding out that animals are tested in order to understand brain diseases like epilepsy, which Caitlin has. Liz doesn't like the excuse as Caitlin gives Liz more examples on the benefits of animal testing, and Liz asks, what about makeup? Or, sorry, uh, uh, what what did I say here? Oh, yeah. Uh, Caitlin asks, what about makeup? And Caitlin doesn't know what to say. And she says that it's all complicated. Caitlin then tells Liz that the drug that she takes, Caitlin takes, to control her epilepsy was tested on animals. And Liz doesn't care and would rather be sick than hurt an animal. Caitlin replies that without the drug that she takes, she'd still have seizures. Liz is just left stunned, cold-faced, nothing to say. And we get the freeze frame and the credits. A great episode. Oh, pushing the envelope. Especially that video, man, with the uh, the monkey. It's, uh, I mean, huh. I mean this, was like, this was mostly a kid's show that they aired in prime time on uh, Mondays. Yeah, so kids were watching this, but hey, man, educational. It's okay to be controversial or push the envelope as long as for educational purposes as far as I'm concerned. All right. Anyway, all right. We go to the next episode. Degrassi Junior High, Season 3, Episode 8. Titled Star-Crossed. Air date January 16th, 1989. So the show took uh, almost, oh no, yeah, just over a one-month break for Christmas holidays. As the previous episode aired January, sorry, December 12th, and then a month and four days later, episode 8 aired. And I need everybody <laughs> to please bear with me as I recap this episode. <laughs> For you Degrassi diehards, diehards out there, you might know what this episode, you might remember what this episode is about and understand what I'm talking about. For those who don't, you're probably going to remember as I start talking about it, but just please bear with me. <laughs> All right, here we go. At home, Erica is excited about her horoscope, which says that she's going to fall madly in love. But her twin sister, Heather, doesn't believe in horoscopes. But Erica is still excited anyway about her upcoming future in the next few days when we get the intro. And the brain twisting is about to commence. (laughs) After the intro, at school, at Degrassi, Clutch and Paul are waiting outside Degrassi in Clutch's car as Lucy and the twins walk by. Paul gets out of the car and wants to talk to Lucy, but Lucy doesn't want to talk to him and says that she never wants to see him again. One of the twins, actually it, it, was, uh, it, was, it was Erica, yeah, Erica then remarks to Lucy that she'd like to go out with Clutch. Paul goes back into the car and Clutch asks Paul if he's going out with Lucy anymore. Paul says no, and Clutch gives a little smile and they drive off to Borden. In the school hallway, Snake, Joey and Snake ask Wheels if he wants to be on their bowling team for the upcoming school charity event, and Wheels declines. Snake and Joey insist because it's to help foster kids, and Wheels eventually agrees. Joey and Snake are happy as it seems like Wheels is coming around. The bus arrives to take the Degrassi ninth graders to Borden. Erica asks Heather to find out information on Clutch, but Heather doesn't want to. But Erica pushes hard as Heather tells her that she's dumb for wanting to know a guy's birth sign. Erica continues to push and Heather finally agrees to ask Lucy or somebody to find out Clutch's birth sign or his his astrological sign. I myself am a Sagittarius and we rule the universe. Ah, BLT is about to board the bus to Borden when Alexa arrives and invites BLT to a mushy movie. On Saturday, but BLT wants to go to the bowling event, which upsets Alexa, and she starts to pout. We go to Borden. Snake and Wheels are walking in the halls as students in the high, older students, troll them for being Niners. Wheels and LD are walking. Uh, sorry, Lucy and LD are walking nearby, and they spot Paul off in the distance. Lucy quickly tells LD to start talking to her, so Paul won't. 
Paul and Clutch walk by, and Clutch says hi to Lucy and compliments her jacket. Lucy smiles and thanks him. Clutch isn't happy, sorry, Paul isn't happy about it because he still likes Lucy. After class, Heather and Erica spot a boarding student who knows Clutch, and Erica gets Heather to ask the girl, whose name is Fate, and I think this is her only, I don't know if it's her only appearance in the Jurassic universe, but I'm pretty sure it's her only uh, lines. Anyway, uh, Erica gets Heather to ask Fate what Clutch's birth sign is. So Heather agrees and approaches Fate, and Fate confuses Eric, confuses Erica, Erica, sorry, Fate confuses Heather with Erica at first, and Heather corrects her. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Heather awkwardly asks Faith about Clutch's birth sign, and she says that it's her friend that likes it. Uh, Fate tells Heather that Clutch is a Virgo, and Heather, right, Heather, right, yeah, Heather leaves. <laughs> Fate then flags down Clutch and tells him that a Niner was asking about him, and Clutch asks who it was. Back at Degrassi Junior High, the Niners have returned, and Erica is upset that Clutch is a Virgo because it means they won't get along. Clutch suddenly appears and drives up in his car, and Erica stumbles, and she doesn't know what to do. And that's when Clutch calls out to Heather, and he wants to talk to her, confusing the twins. Like, what's going on? Clutch tells Heather... That he heard that she was asking about him, and she tells him that it was for a friend, but he doesn't believe her, and asks her out to the bowling event. Heather says that she can't go, and she walks away. She then tells Erica about it, and Erica gets upset, thinking that Heather moved in on her man, and she calls Heather a witch. She says that she's the one who's supposed to be falling madly in love. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're twins, so aren't they supposed to be both supposed to? Oh, come on. <laughs> Uh, and she says that Heather messed it up. And Erica calls Heather a wit, a thief. Heather apologizes and suggests that they switch. And Erica and, and, and go and, and Erica go on the date with Clutch, pretending to be Heather. Heather agrees. Or 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 Erica, sorry, agrees, and they start planning. God, this is gonna be crazy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Simon and Michelle have left school and they're walking together when Alexa appears. She says hi to Simon, and she invites him to her house for dinner. Simon declines, and Alexa is once again upset. We go back to Borden High School. Erica is going over her horoscope with Heather, Lucy and LD. Clutch pops up from out of nowhere, and Erica approaches him and says hi as she's posing as Heather. She tells Clutch that she's not busy anymore on Saturday, and she can go to the bowling event with him. Clutch says... Yay, hip hip hurrah, and asks, asks um, uh, Erica, a.k.a. Heather, or she asks, one. he asks uh, Heather, who's actually Erica, if her friends will be there, and suggests they, they, you know, they make some teams together with him, Erica, or Heather, and Lucy, and Heather, who is really Erica, agrees. <laughs> <laughs> and they make the date. Oh, God, it's not going to get any better. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Erica excitedly returns to the group and tells them the good news. And LD reminds Erica of her dentist appointment on Saturday. And Erica tells her that the dentist office is right near the bowling alley. So she's going to start the date, switch with Heather so she can go to the dentist, and then Heather will pose as Erica... Until Erica, who is posing as Heather, <laughs> returns from the dentist appointment. LD, that it sounds complicated. <laughs> really? And Lucy suggests that that's not fair to Clutch. <laughs> oh, it isn't fair to my brain. Anyway, after class at Borden, older kids continue to troll the Degrassi Niners in the hallway. They grab one, two of them grab Snake and Wheels, and Wheels uh, tells, uh, tells the one kid not to touch him. They continue trolling as Snake suggests that he and Wheels just leave. Wheels calls the guys jerks and they start to leave when one of the guys joke that Wheels is going to run home and cry to his mommy and daddy. Wheels freezes in his place and then freaks out and attacks the dude. And then they just start, well they don't really fight. They just do a bunch of ground and no pound. And then it's eventually broken up by a teacher who sends them off or 
escorts them to, uh, obviously, the principal's office. We go back to Heather and Erica's house where they are getting ready for uh, their date slash bowling. Uh, yeah, they're getting ready. When Erica reminds, remarks that she doesn't like the color of makeup that Heather's putting on. And she convinces her to wash it off since it's her date. Erica then says that she's a bit worried because Virgos and Geminis aren't supposed to get along. That's when Clutch shows up to pick up Erica, who's posing as Heather. <laughs> we go to the bowler, bowling alley where, where Clutch and Erica arrive. Erica, who's posing as Heather, arrives. Luke is standing outside with a friend and he says hi to, uh, he says, hi, Erica, to Erica. And Erica replies that it's Heather, that she's Heather. Okay. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Clutch and, and Erica, disguised as Heather, <laughs> then purchase their tickets for bowling from, Ga- from Garcia and Tasty Avery. Sorry, not sorry. Avery greets uh, uh, Avery greets Erica and says hi Erica but Erica tells Avery that she's Heather and Avery tells uh, Erica <laughs> that you can't fool her anymore <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh man Erica who's posing as Heather and Clutch go to get their bowling shoes from the desk when Arthur is, is there and he says hi to Erica and she corrects him and says that she's actually Heather and this confuses Arthur. <laughs> no shit, dude. <laughs> Erica then tells Klutz that being a... Tw- Sorry, er- yeah, Eric, yeah, it is there. Erica, posing as Heather, tells Klutz that being a twin can be so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, BLT is bowling with Shane... Uh... Shane, Snake, and Joey, when they see Clutch there with uh, with Erica posing as Heather, and they wonder why an eleventh grader is there. This is a, this is a Degrassi event. Joey remarks that he wishes Wheels was there, and Snake tells him that the last time he saw Wheels, he was in the office with his grandmother and social worker, and he could end up getting suspended. Erica posing as Heather and Clutch join Lucy and LD to do some bowling. Erica introduces Clutch to the group, and Clutch says hi to Lucy, and she smiles and says hi back, which LD notices. Erica, aka Heather, uh, sorry, Heather, who is actually Erica, gets ready to bowl first as Clutch sits down next to Lucy, and he starts to converse with her. Heather, aka Erica, is bowling terribly. As Clutch and Lucy continue to talk to each other, which gets the attention of Her- of Heather, a.k.a. Erica, uh, who realizes that something isn't right. <laughs> At another alley, Simon is bowling like an idiot. <laughs> and he apparently did well, as Caitlin and Michelle cheer him on. Well, this is Simon. This dude can do something massively failing, and you got to encourage him. Michelle gets up to get some to get some drinks for the group when Alexa flags her down. Alexa tells Michelle that she wants Simon back, and Michelle says that Simon doesn't belong to Alexa, and she tells Alexa that she and Simon are just friends anyway. Alexa is upset that Simon won't talk to her anymore, and Michelle suggests that Alexa apologize for flirting with BLT. Alexa agrees and apologizes to Michelle first, who smiles and accepts. Meanwhile, a.k.a. Sorry, meanwhile, Heather, a.k.a. the real Heather, <laughs> arrives at the bowling alley from her dentist appointment, where Tasty Avery, sorry not sorry, greets her as Heather and acknowledges that she is in, and Heather acknowledges that she is in fact the real Heather. <laughs> Heather then tries to get Erica posing as Heather, attention, as Clutch and Lucy are, uh, I, I know it's confusing, but I'm funny, as Clutch and Lucy are having fun bowling together. Erica tells Heather to hide as she might be seen by Clutch. Erica, posing as Heather, tells Clutch that she'll be right back and he totally ignores her as he continues enjoying being with Lucy and bowling with Lucy. The twins then go to the bathroom to swap clothes and uh, do the old switcheroo. 
We go back to Simon's alley. Simon is greeted by Alexa, who says that she owes him an apology. And Simon replies, an apology? For what? (laughs) You idiot! (laughs) And Alexa says it's for being stupid. And Simon smiles. (laughs) Oh, man. Meanwhile, over on another set of alleys, Yick and Dorothy bowl at the same time in separate alleys. Dorothy bowls a strike and Yick bowls a dud. Dorothy and her friends jump and celebrate as Arthur's sitting sitting there just smiling and laughing. (laughs) Dorothy grabs another ball. They're playing five-pin bowling, by the way, which is the only bowling I do. I've never played ten-pin bowling. I have this fear that my fingers will get stuck in the holes and and then they'll just pop off. It's just so yeah. Shut up. <sighs> Dorothy grabs another ball and bowls another strike. As her friends cheer her on again, Arthur looks at Yick, shrugs his shoulders, and laughs at him. <laughs> Back in the women's bathroom, Erica and Heather have swapped their clothes. Erica, the real Erica, leaves for her dentist appointment. When we see Simon and Alexa have made up and they kiss each other, Heather, the real Erica, sorry, the real Heather, joins the group, announcing that she's back, and Clutch subtly and Clutch subtly replies, "Oh hey, <laughs> for real." <laughs> we go to Michelle, who's sitting alone at the refreshment counter, when she's joined by BLT. He asks her when she's leaving, and he offers to walk her home. She accepts the offer and they leave together. We go back to Lucy and company. Lucy bowls a dud and Clutch compliments her. Heather, a.k.a. the real Heather, (laughs) posing as Erica, who was posing as Heather earlier, I think, uh, gets up to take her turn. She bowls a dud as Lucy and Clutch are paying no attention at all to anything but each other. Erica... Uh, the real Erica returns from her dentist appointment and is greeted by Tasty Avery, sorry not sorry, who refers to Erica as Heather. Erica flags, then arrives at the alley in, you know, where they bowl <laughs> and flags Heather down as Clutch and Lucy are still just deeply engaged in conversation. Heather, real Heather tells her real sister Erica <laughs> that Clutch likes Lucy and Erica gets upset and leaves. As Garcia mistakes Erica for Heather, and Avery corrects him. Heather, the real Heather, quickly follows as Garcia mistakes the real Heather for Erica, and is again corrected by Tasty Avery, sorry not sorry. Outside the bowling alley, Erica is upset as she is joined by Heather. And Erica is, ups- is, Erica is upset, but she accepts what happened because Virgos and Geminis are not a match. Alexa and Simon then appear, and they announce to the twins that they're back together. Alexa then invites the twins to her house with Simon for some baklava. The twins accept. Alexa says that she loves happy endings, as Heather consoles Erica, a.k.a. Real Erica, in the credits. And what a confusing episode. (laughs) But that was Star-Crossed. Where we get the birth of uh, Lucy and Clutch. Their little uh, thing begins in this episode. As well as uh, the birth of Michelle and BLT. But uh, yeah, what an episode indeed that was. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And we finally move on to Degrassi Junior High Season 3 Episode 9 entitled Food for Thought. Air date January 23rd, 1989. And another envelope pusher this episode was. A great episode. We start with Kathleen and she's at home eating dinner as her dad is on the phone and her mother pours herself a glass of booze. The dad gets off the phone and tells the family that he has to go away on business again, which upsets his drunk wife. Kathleen asks to be excused from dinner and her dad remarks that she's hardly eaten anything. Kathleen says that she's full and she has to work on her science fair project. Kathleen leaves and her dad remarks to his drunk wife about how skinny Kathleen is. And he asks his drunk wife if she's been feeding her. The wife gets upset and she feels like she's being blamed and they start to argue as Kathleen retreats to her room. She looks at herself in a full mirror and remarks, You're so fat. 
and that's when we get the intro. After the intro, Kathleen arrives at school, and she's in a, she's in a rush, and she's greeted by Tasty Avery, sorry not sorry, who's wearing a pink and white number and looking very delicious, if I say so. Sorry not sorry. Avery asks Kathleen where the fire is, and Kathleen replies that she was just getting some, some exercise. Kathleen asks Avery if she can open up the library early so she can work on her science fair project, and Avery says, sure. We go into the school where an announcement comes over the PA from Principal Lawrence, stating that all classes for the day have been canceled so students can have extra time to complete their science fair project. I remember science fair. <laughs> I had some interesting projects, I tell you that. <laughs> Alexa is at her locker reading a magazine when Simon arrives. Alexa asks Simon if, uh, if uh, he thinks that she's fat, and Simon says no. Alexa says that she feels fat, and she shows Simon pictures of the women in her magazine. Simon says that Alexa... Simon tells Alexa that she looks... She looks... She's... She, 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 she's fine. She looks fine. She looks fine to him. And Alexa asks Simon... If she would look better if she lost five pounds. And Simon stupidly responds, I don't know, maybe... <laughs> God, dude, never answer that question. <laughs> or at least not, not, in, not in affirmation, dumbass. <laughs> God. And besides, the answer is no anyway, but it's not, I don't know, maybe, question mark? <laughs> God, what an idiot this character was. Alexa gets, Alexa gets ticked off, saying that Simon thinks she's fat, and she storms off, and she tells Simon to, she tells Simon to give her a week, and she'll lose five pounds. Simon replies, uh, okay. <laughs> God. Uh, meanwhile, Melanie is walking with Caitlin, and Melanie remarks that science fairs are supposed to be fun, but Caitlin is driving her crazy because they're partners on their project together. They see Kathleen in the class writing in her diary, and Melanie says that she'd love to know what's in what Kathleen is writing about. And she bets it's about boys. Melanie then joins Kathleen and asks her what boy she's writing about. Kathleen tells Melanie that she's not writing about a boy. Melanie then asks if Kathleen's writing about her. Kathleen says that she's not and it's her none of her business. Kathleen then asks Melanie if she's finished the chart for their project yet and Melanie says no. Kathleen has a little bit of a freak out because the science fair is tomorrow and the project has to be perfect. And Kathleen really wants to win. We go to the ninth grade class where Alexa shows up and tells the twins that Simon said that she's fat. <laughs> and the twins tell Alexa that she's not fat, but Alexa disagrees and says that she's going to go on a crunch diet to lose five pounds in one week. And one of the twins, probably Erica posing as Heather, I don't know, tells Alexa that crunch diets are unhealthy. As she discovered via their science fair project, which is, which is about eating disorders. And this is very interesting. The twins and them, they're in the ninth grade. Yet they're taking part in this science fair. Yet uh, the students at Borden are not. So, alright. Whatever. Erica then tells Alexa that anorexia is, a, is serious. As it affects 5% of women and young girls. And Alexa replies, Anorexia? I'd love to have a little anorexia, just for a week. <laughs> oh, she and Simon belong together. Holy crap. Erica tells Alexa that anorexia is a disease that can kill you. And Alexa replies, really? <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the library, Melanie has done the chart and shows it to Kathleen. Melanie asks Kathleen if she wants to go get something to eat as it's almost lunchtime. Kathleen replies that she's not hungry, and Melanie asks, Kath asks Kathleen why she never eats. Kathleen replies that she's got willpower. Kathleen then notices a spelling error on Melanie's chart, and Melanie says that she can correct it with some whiteout. But Kathleen gets angry and says that that would be too messy. Melanie then jokes that and asks Kathleen, you know, what do you want me to do, start all over? Kathleen smirks, crumples up the chart, and says yes, and takes off Melanie who storms off to have lunch. You tell her, Melanie, don't mess with Melanie, man. You know, don't mess with, don't mess with her. Melanie's great. At lunch, Melanie tells Caitlin about what happened with Kathleen. 
Caitlin then tells Melanie not to try to understand Kathleen and refers to her as the Wicked Witch of Degrassi. Meanwhile, Alexa is reading a book, book called Slim for Life outside of lunch. She gets excited and she runs over to the twins and she tells them if you stop drinking liquids, you can lose up to five pounds. Heather replies that it doesn't stay off and that's really bad for you as you're supposed to drink six glasses of water every day. I think it's eight now. I think it's eight ounces now, but I'm pretty sure it's eight now. Well, that's the recommended from what I remember, but uh, these twins confuse me. Erica jokes and tells Heather to stop sounding like a documentary, and they suggest Alexa try and ec- try just just try exercising. And Alexa snaps, and she says that she hates exercise, and that sweat is so ugly. <laughs> That's when they spot Lucy, and they invite her to have lunch with them. But Lucy declines because she's meeting with Clutch, and she already had a sandwich anyway. Heather remarks that Lucy's always making up excuses for not eating. And Erica tells her that Lucy's already eaten, but Heather doesn't believe her. Alexa then looks at the twins' as food and remarks about how hungry she is. Back in school, Tessa and Dorothy are working on their project together, which looks like some kind of multicolored volcano. Tasty Avery, sorry not sorry, tells the kids that they can take their projects down to the gym now or leave them in the library overnight and continue in the morning. Scooter and Bond's project is about healthy food versus junk food. And they're testing out the different foods on two different uh, rats, I think they were. Yeah, rats. Scooter remarks that Jill the hamster got all the healthy food and got fat, while Jack the hamster ate all the junk food and remained skinny. And Bond remarks that this could make an impressive argument for his mother. <laughs> oh, you go, Bond. <laughs> oh, Bond. <laughs> We go to Melanie and Kathleen, and Melanie tells Kathleen that they'd be done by now if Kathleen didn't ruin Melanie's chart. Kathleen replies replies that the chart wasn't good enough. That's when Nancy Nancy shows up and asks Kathleen if she's finished typing up her report for the student council yet. And Kathleen says that she hasn't, but she can give it in tomorrow. Nancy Nancy offers to do it for Kathleen if Kathleen's too busy, but Kathleen declines. The bell rings and Melanie suggests going to Kathleen's house to finish the project, but Kathleen wants to go to Melanie's house instead. And Melanie declines, saying that they always go to her house. And besides, her mother's got company tonight. Kathleen then agrees to do the project at her house, but she says that uh, her mom isn't feeling well. Outside the school, Simon is asking Alexa why they can't go out. And Alexa tells Simon to just wait a week until she loses the weight. Simon says he doesn't understand why Alexa's doing this. And Alexa replies, Simon, you're the one who told me I was a fat lump. (laughs) Simon gets confused and replies, I did? (laughs) These two. (laughs) Oh, man. Lucy leaves and she's invited by the twins to go get some fries. Lucy declines and she says that she has a family outing planned. Heather remarks to Erica that because Lucy can't control her family, she tries to make up for it by controlling her body and not eating. And Lucy is a classic case of anorexia, but Erica laughs and disagrees. Heather insists that Lucy has an eating disorder because of how thin she is, and Erica insists that some people are just naturally thin. Erica then spots Tessa and says, Look at little Tessa. See how skinny she is? And you don't call her anorexic. To which Heather replies that she's eating a chocolate bar. (laughs) Meanwhile, we go to Kathleen's house where she and Melanie are working on their project when Kathleen's drunk mother shows up and tells Kathleen that she needs to bring friends over more often. Kathleen tells her mom that they've got a lot to do as she grabs a cookie off from a plate and takes a bite. Kathleen's mom tells Melanie that all the Kathleen ever does is work, 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 just like her father. Kathleen grabs another cookie and takes another bite, telling her mom that they have a deadline. Kathleen's drunk mother offers to help and Kathleen declines. Kathleen's mom finally leaves as Kathleen just angrily takes another bite of her cookie. Melanie notices Kathleen scarfing down the cookies just one at a time, for real, and remarks that she told that you know, I told you you should have eaten lunch. Kathleen suddenly stops in her tracks and quickly leaves and heads to the bathroom 
where she forces herself to vomit. And while Kathleen is away in the bathroom, Melanie notices Kathleen's diary. And she picks it up and she starts to read it. And it has a list of everything that Kathleen's been eating. The amount of grams of each serving, the portion sizes, and how much exercising she's been doing. Melanie turns a page and in big letters on another page it reads, You must lose 10 pounds by the end of the month. No more than 300 calories per day. Skip dinner. Meanwhile in the bathroom, Kathleen is done vomiting and disgustedly calls herself fat as she looks in a mirror. The next day is science fair day. Alexa is outside reading a magazine and remarks to the twins about diet pills as they require no dieting or exercise and you lose pounds in days. <laughs> God, I remember an old infomercial that aired at 3 a.m. almost every night about diet pills. It was ridiculous. It had a bunch of like supermodels, male and females, at a barbecue scarfing down fried chicken and mashed potatoes and cake and shit. And then it was like, all they got to do is take this pill and they won't gain any weight. Come on. That's why that shit aired in the friggin' 3 a.m. Uh, Heather, then tell, Heather tells Alexa that diet pills are really bad for you and they're just a scam and don't work anyway. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Erica spots Lucy eating an apple and tells Heather that that's the proof that Lucy doesn't have an eating disorder. Heather replies that 50% of anorexics are also bulimic. Alexa is confused as to what bulimia is and Erica tells her that it's when you binge on food and immediately vomit it out. Alexa likes that idea until Heather tells her that it isn't that it doesn't work because it ruins your stomach, throat, and teeth due to the acids from vomiting. Kathleen then arrives at school once again in a mad rush. Meanwhile, in the hallway, Melanie is telling Caitlin what she read in Kathleen's diary and how all of all, how all it is in her diary is a list of what she's been eating, and it's hardly anything. And Kathleen must be starving. Caitlin replies that that explains why Kathleen's been so bitchy all the time. Yeah, she actually said bitchy. Pushing the envelope. Love it. <laughs> well, but trust me, man. Later on in the Degrassi universe, Caitlin says uh, a lot more than bitchy. <laughs> anyway, Melanie says that it's been going on for months. And Caitlin suggests that Melanie talk to Kathleen about it. But Melanie declines because it would mean admitting that she read Kathleen's diary. And Melanie then goes into the girl's washroom where Kathleen is in there. And she takes a pill. And when Melanie arrives and greets Kathleen, Kathleen gets startled and she hides the box of pills behind her back. Kathleen tells Melanie that she finished the project. And Melanie tells Kathleen that if she ever wants to talk about anything, she'll listen. Kathleen declines the offer, calling Doctor, calling Melanie Dr. Melanie. <laughs> Kathleen then attempts to put her pills away, but they spill out into the sink. And Melanie asks them what they are. And they're laxative pills. Melanie asks Kathleen what she's doing with laxative pills when she hasn't been eating anything. Kathleen grabs the box and storms off in anger. Elsewhere in the school, we see that Spike and Liz's science fair project is about clouds. Meanwhile, Scooter and Bond go over their project and remark about how their, how their experiment can revolutionize the way parents think. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, science fair. I'll tell you. Let's just segue for a second there. You want to hear some uh, some of the science fair projects that I did? <laughs> Let's talk about the three of them that I did. Okay, fifth grade. My fifth grade science project was about our solar system, the planets, right? And uh, I got a bunch of like rounds in different sizes, styrofoam globes, if you will, and painted them, and they would represent each planet. And I actually, on one of them, I used spray paint and the spray paint ate away at the styrofoam. So I had to switch from that to using regular paint. So then what I ended up doing <laughs> is like, it wasn't so much a science fair project as it was an information thing. And I just, other than the, the names of the planets, <laughs> everything else was completely made up from the top of my head. Okay. And when I say made up, I mean made up. Okay, I was in the fifth grade. And one of the things that I made up for my planets, my solar system science fair project, was I listed out how much each individual planet actually weighs. Okay, the actual weight of each planet. So I said that, for example, 
the entire planet Earth weighs about 3,000 pounds. Because <laughs> I, I didn't know nothing back then. I was in the fifth grade. I was like 11 years old. And then my mom one day was just going through my project and she read that. And she saw that, that I said, yeah, and, then, and that an entire planet weighed about 3,000 pounds. <laughs> and she said, no, no, no. A car weighs about 3,000 pounds. A planet weighs a lot more. So what I did is I just added a couple zeros. <laughs> and believe it or not, I ended up getting an A- on that project. So obviously the teacher didn't read much either. Or, they were, or my teacher was as dumb as I was. <laughs> and in the following year, grade 6... I half-assed it again for science fair. And my project was, what's the better laundry detergent, sunlight or tide? (laughs) So I cut out a square from a pair of of trousers that I had. And I made each of them dirty intentionally. And instead of putting them in an actual washing machine, I put each piece of square in in individual bowls. And then poured in some tide and sunlight powder and stirred it up. And then rinsed them and then detailed the results. <laughs> and that was that. I don't remember what grade I got. But then the next year, seventh grade, I really half-assed it. Holy shit. Sorry if we're staggering. This is the last one. This is a short one, okay? My seventh grade science project. You want to talk about half-assing. I mean, at least with the, with the solar systems. I actually got the styrofoam and painted them and listed the planets. I mean, granted, I made up the weights, but at least I wrote stuff. And the laundry thing was ridiculous, too. My grade 7 science fair project, well, finger quote science, was, (laughs) for real, Coke versus Pepsi. (laughs) And I made up the results. I didn't do any, I didn't have any taste testing, nothing. I just made up the results and I think I declared Pepsi the winner. So yeah, <laughs> that was me. All right. Anyway, we continue. Melanie's walking around the gym looking at other projects when she comes across Heather and Erica's project about eating disorders. And that's when we see the wheels start turning in Melanie's head. Elsewhere, Nancy is asking Kathleen if she's finished the report for the student council yet. And Kathleen says that she hasn't. Nancy once again offers to do it if Kathleen is too busy, but Kathleen declines. Melanie arrives and suggests to Kathleen that she look around at other projects, but Kathleen doesn't want to. Melanie says that it's almost lunchtime and suggests that she and Kathleen go get something to eat, and Kathleen declines, saying she's not hungry. Melanie reminds Kathleen about how she was hungry the previous night after skipping lunch, but Kathleen snaps and says that she doesn't want to eat. Melanie then tells Kathleen to go check out Heather and Erica's project on eating disorders. Kathleen sarcastically remarks, fascinating, as Melanie then rolls her eyes. Elsewhere, one of the twins, uh, it's one of them, (laughs) is eating a cup of pudding as Alexa leans in (laughs) and remarks about how good it looks. The twin offers Alexa some pudding, but Alexa backs off, saying she needs to lose weight or she's going to lose Simon. Lucy shows up and says that losing weight for a guy is pretty dumb. And Heather replies that Lucy's been dieting as well. And Heather, sorry, Lucy says that she hasn't really been dieting. She just wants to maintain for dance. So Lucy does dancing as well. Lucy then tells Alexa that if all Simon cares about is appearances, that he's not worth going out with. And Alexa happily agrees. Simon. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the gym, Nancy and Tim run a test for their project, which is about the science of sound. Nancy blows a French horn into a microphone, which freaks out Tim because he's listening via headphones and the microphone is right into the friggin' big opening of the friggin' French horn. (laughs) Come on, dude. Use your head. (sighs) Arthur and Yick explain their project about robotics to Mr. Garcia and they demonstrate a robot that they made out of old toys and some computer parts and they make it, make it move and roll along the ground via remote control. Elsewhere, Kathleen is explaining her and Melanie's project to Mr. Radich, but Kathleen is just saying, is just doing all the talking and not letting Melanie say anything, even though Melanie's trying to chime in, and Radich is, Radich is noticing this. 
Radish then tells him good that they did well, and he moves on as Kathleen is excited, but Melanie is angry that she didn't get to speak. Kathleen is sure that they're going to win until she notices that she forgot to tell Radich about the ozone layer. Melanie replies that that's what she was trying to tell Radich, and she says, Funny, I wonder why I didn't. <laughs> oh, she's so Oh, she's so awesome. <laughs> Kathleen starts to panic and she says that she has to win. Melanie tells Kathleen to relax, but Kathleen runs over to Radich and he's checking out Heather and Erica's project on eating disorders. And Kathleen tells Radich about the ozone layer. Elsewhere, Tessa and Dorothy are demonstrating demonstrating their project about volcanoes, which you know they're cult, they're colorful. I mean, it doesn't have to be painted; they look exactly like a volcano, as long as it does what they wanted to do, and that was to start to smoke, and it starts to smoke. So, well done, girls. Meanwhile, Bond and Scooter are explaining their project to Tasty Avery. Sorry, not sorry about junk food versus healthy food. And Bond remarks that junk food has clearly been overrated or underrated. Avery suggests that the reason Jill got fat is because she's pregnant with Jack's kids. And so there you go, just crushing the hopes of little Bond and Scooter. But she's tasty, sorry not sorry. Meanwhile, now the results are about to be read when Melanie asks Kathleen if she checked out Heather and Erica's project. And Kathleen said that she's not interested in anyone else's project. Melanie then asks Kathleen why she hasn't been eating. And Kathleen says that she's on a diet. Then Melanie calls Kathleen out and confesses that she read her diary. And this infuriates Kathleen who tells Melanie that she hates her. And she starts to storm off as Radich is ready to announce the winners of the science fair. And he announces that third prize went to Arthur and Yick for their, quote, robot project. <laughs> Alright, it was the 80s. <laughs> well, what else are you supposed to call it then? Second prize went to two students I've never heard of for their project on something, probably Coke versus Pepsi. <laughs> and first prize is given to the twins for their eating disorders project. project. And Radich announces honorable mention for Kathleen and Melanie's project. As Kathleen runs off in disappointment, and she's upset, and Melanie runs off after her. Kathleen blames herself because she didn't tell Radich about the ozone layer on time. And Melanie tells Kathleen that they at least got an honorable mention. But Kathleen is extremely upset because she really wanted to win. And she tried so hard. And she wants her parents to be proud of her. Uh, serious. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, poor. Uh, Kathleen breaks down and, sudden, and she just suddenly collapses to the floor when Avery arrives. And Melanie tells Avery that Kathleen hasn't been eating as they try to revive Kathleen. And uh, I don't know about you, man, but watching this, you know, you're, you're, you really feel for Kathleen. She tried so hard. Oh, poor Kathleen, for real. Great character. Great job portraying the act. Who the actress? Her name is uh, uh, Pepsi. I'm sure. Anyway, Simon arrives for school the next day, and Alexa tells him that she's not going to lose weight for him. Simon replies, "No, no." Alexa says that. Alexa says, "I like me the way I am." And Simon replies, I like me the way, I mean, I like the way you are too. <laughs> or I like you the way you are too. Alessa <laughs> uh, asks Simon why, why he said she was fat. And Simon says that he didn't. At least I don't think I did. <laughs> si Alexa tells Simon to make up his mind and she storms off. But Simon quickly stops her and asks her if they can go out again. Alexa agrees as long as, as long as Simon accepts her for her. And Simon happily says, sure. And all is well like nothing ever happened. <laughs> we go to the hallway where Avery insists to Kathleen that she go talk to the nurse about her problem. Avery leaves and then Melanie arrives and Kathleen angrily calls Melanie a traitor for telling Avery. Melanie then says that she was scared for Kathleen Kathleen remarks that Melanie's just jealous because Kathleen has willpower and she can stay on a diet. Melanie apologizes to re for reading Kathleen's diary and tells her that she's got a problem, but Kathleen, Kathleen just denies it. Kathleen then storms off, turns back with an angry yet just defeated look on her face, and we get the freeze frame in the credits. What a great episode. Ugh. Kathleen and Melanie together are great. Kathleen, she's a snob. She's the character you love to hate, but you also 
can't help but feel for her. She's got troubles at home. She's trying real hard. Just a great, great job by the actress portraying Kathleen Mead. And an even greater job by Melanie, the actress portraying Melanie, because Melanie is a freaking great character. Anyway, that was episode number nine, right? Right? Yep, episode nine <sighs> of Degrassi Junior High Season 3. Next time on Degrassi Buddy, episode 12, Serial and GrapeJuice.com. We will be recapping Degrassi Junior High Season 3, episodes 10, 11, and 12. They are entitled 20 Bucks. Taking Off Part 1 and Taking Off Part 2. Three great episodes, especially 20 Bucks, which uh, revolves a lot around Melanie, uh, Joey, and Caitlin. And uh, yeah, Taking Off Part 1 and 2 about wheels. So yeah, some good, st- even some good stuff. We've had good stuff. Even more good stuff coming up. So anyway, this has been Nairby, SealandGrapeJuice.com. This has been Nairby, buddy. Check me out on Twitter and Instagram, at IamNairby. If you've got any feedback regarding these episodes and would like me to read them and critique them and tell me, tell you how smart or how not smart you are, <laughs> just reply to them at, on the uh, post at SealandGrapeJuice.com or send me an email at Nairby and, gra- Nair- Nairby and Grape Juice, Nairby at gmail.com. Because I know there's people who listen to this. The... Recent, most recent episode before this was posted in a Degrassi group on Facebook, which I recently joined. Uh, let me go check out the name of it real quick, so you can all join it if you're not a, if you are also not a member. Ah, yes, it is a private group entitled Degrassi High and Degrassi Junior High. So just go there, look for it on Facebook. Uh, say you want to join, you're going to be asked how you know of the show, what channel that you watched it on, and. Uh, I'm sure you'll be accepted. And that's where you can see people posting Degrassi stuff, including people posting links to Degrassi, buddy. Thank you for that. I would do it myself, but it's not my group, and I'd, I don't want to spam the group. So if anybody else would like to continue posting episodes of Degrassi, buddy, to that group, by all means, go ahead and do it. Uh, as I said, I'd feel awkward doing it myself because, yeah, it'd be like I was spamming my own stuff. So anyway, go there, Degrassi High. And Degrassi Junior High is the name of the Facebook group. There are currently uh, 2,863 members. So go check it out. Leave feedback to me at DegrassiBuddySeroandGrapes.com or Nairby at gmail.com. Tell me who your favorite characters were, who your favorite characters were not, your crushes, any stories about episodes, any science fair projects you did that were just as awesome as Coke versus Pepsi, and more. And if I get enough feedback by the time I'm done recapping Schools Out and people want to hear recaps of Degrassi Next Generation, I'll do it. I do have nine seasons of that on DVD, and I did very much enjoy the first uh, five or so seasons. But yeah, for now, we're staying old school. So, But I would like to continue, ultimately build on this Degrassi universe after all these Degrassi buddies are done. Just... Could do more with than just recapping shit, so who knows? I'll come up with ideas. I mean, bloody hell, I came up with Coke versus Pepsi. I'm a genius. Anyway, sealandgrapejuice.com. I am Nairby on Instagram and Twitter. We will see you next week for Degrassi Buddy episode 11, starring 20, well, well, starring Melanie in 20 bucks and more. Have a lovely Degrassi day. Coke versus Pepsi. Pepsi all the way. Because science said so. <laughs>